0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Vet Tech Tap Room. This is our spin-off series from the Vet Tech Cafe. These episodes are live and uncut, discussing hot topics in our field, or talking about previous episodes amongst ourselves, and always highlight something positive happening in our profession. These episodes will be published as regular podcast episodes and will also be available on our YouTube channel as well. So get yourself a beer or a potato water and find us live on Instagram and join the discussion. Now if you'll excuse us, those are our beers the bartender is pouring. Hey, caffeinators! Welcome to another episode of the Vet Tech Tap Room. Uh, because sometimes you want to go where nobody knows your name. <laughs> um, Dave, uh, we got actually we, we we talked about doing these, you know, once a month, and we were kind of worried, like, hey, are we actually going to have stuff to talk about? Yeah. And um, we actually have a few things today. To yeah, we we should have split all this up. Right? I know, I know. It just it's 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 funny how you know I, I guess things just really do kind of keep happening or keep popping up and right, which is right. good because we always, we always have things to talk about. So, yep, yep. um, you know, the first thing that, that I, and and really the the reason I had mentioned to you that I think it was time for a, a tap room episode, something that I saw online. And of course, you know, I think everybody knows by now you and I are huge sports fans. Um, the, the situation with the football player on Monday night football last week, um, the Buffalo player at the the game in Cincinnati collapsing on the field after a hit and going into cardiac arrest and receiving CPR on the field and the whole bit. And, and a huge, huge, huge amount of support for him and the team. And, and I think a lot of people came together across the league and all of that, which was really, really, really cool to see. And then I started to see some colleagues in our field kind of post some stuff that was, I, I, I I don't think it's actually negative. I'll just say maybe alternate viewpoints. And and one thing that I saw that really got my attention and I saw it be shared by several, again, colleagues and former coworkers and, and what have you. And this is, um, I think it's a tweet. You, you know, I'm not a big tweeter. Um, that, that but that looks like a tweet. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's a tweet. Um, I mean, it's actually from a, from a human MD. Um, but the, the tweet is, seeing how much the world accepts that it's impossible to move on after watching CPR really makes me think about how we, parentheses medical professionals, especially those who work in emergency departments, are expected to just move on immediately after a code. And it, it's, it is a good point, and that's, I think, part of the discussion that we'll have, but I think for for me, what I was seeing when it was being shared by so many of our colleagues was it it was leaving me with the impression that, you know, why, why do we, why does everybody care so much about this football player and, and not so much about what we're doing or like, you know, that, that this happens every day to, so many people and so many people time. in our yeah. field yeah. in the human profession, like they're, they're doing this all the time and what have you. And what I got to thinking was that, you know, you and I both have worked ER um, and did for, you know, almost 30 years or, or what have you. We show up to that shift planning to do CPR, but we we're plan to, for it. We're trained for it. Right. Right. Uh, right. We, we plan to do that on patients. Um, now, and I don't even necessarily mean to delineate animals from people like people that show up in human ERs to work. They, they show up with the expectation they're probably going to have to do, especially again, if you work in ICU or ER, you're going to have to be doing CPR on patients. I think for me, the difference is that those football players that were on that field, they showed up to work that night to play a game. And one of their coworkers, was then down on the field needing CPR. But those medical professionals that administered the CPR, that is what they are trained for. Those players are not trained to watch that, live it, et cetera. And so I I think my my point is that if I I went to go work a shift at an ER, veterinary ER, and one of my coworkers, one of my colleagues collapsed and needed CPR, number one, I'm not – trained for that. I'm not CPR certified. I would have to sit on the sidelines and watch as those players did on the field and be essentially helpless and have great concern for my teammate, my colleague, et cetera. And would be, I mean, I sat on the couch, Daphne and I were watching the game, Ollie was working and I was bawling my eyes out for this poor 20, I think 24 year old kid that I literally literally thought I watched die on television. Um, and, And I would have that same Feeling If one of my coworkers, one of my colleagues, one of my teammates needed CPR, I would still have that. I would have that same helpless feeling. I would have that. I'm shook feeling. I'm not coming back to work today. I'm not coming back to work the rest of the week. Um, I need help to, to, to to process what I just saw. And. So I think it's a little bit of a false equivalency for me that take that, yes, we perform CPR all the time, but we're performing it on patients and that's what we're trained to do. It's a very different situation to me if that has to be done on your actual colleague or if you're Mm -hmm. having to do that or watch somebody else do that to a family member or a colleague or what have you. And the point is is still valid. I think both in human medicine and in veterinary medicine, I think we need to figure out a way to not just have this move on to the next case mentality, right? I think that's part of, yeah. maybe, maybe not part of recover in terms of, of, of dealing with the, the mental aspect of it, but the debriefing, the the talking about the process and what worked and what didn't work and you know those kinds of things, which I realize is, is part of the process. But I think we do need to get better as a profession about not just... Moving on right away, or at least circling back to it, and and making yeah. sure that everybody is ready to move on. But but you know, I started seeing this and, and other similar tweets and ideas kind of circulate online. And this is for me, at least, this isn't being a sports fan or not being a sports fan. This is you know, it, and human. not just yeah, being being a human being, but not just that you know, this guy is. You know again those players that night they weren't prepared to see their teammate their co-worker i'll, I'll put that in quotes their coworker be needing cpr that night and and, and yeah. if that was the same for me where i watched a coworker need cpr on the icu floor because they collapsed i i, I wouldn't be going back to work anytime soon and and i think there is a yeah difference and i guess there. i guess
1: and and one of the other differences, not, not to counter your point, but the other the other part is they are they are working in a job where that's a possibility. Like there's frequently really devastating injuries that happens on sure. the field. Sure. Um working in ER, I mean, what's the worst we get? A bite a bite wound for, for you know, for your coworker is to be bitten. Um but for them, you know, the, the and we've we've seen it before, where somebody gets hit in the head and they are and and potentially in a really bad shape for the next few weeks right um we saw a couple years ago where ryan shazier got got Mm -hmm. hit and broke his neck essentially paralyzed yeah um so so they are working in a much more dangerous profession than we are per se um but like you said it nobody expects to have to see somebody need cpr right um and to your point about you know recover and i'm a recover instructor and i, I teach recover and you know we teach the debriefing I, I think that's something that's seriously lacking in people's um cpr protocols is the debriefing that, that 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 seems to be something foreign to most people that i'm teaching mm-hmm. that to um but the debriefing is is more about and, and it this just may, may be the way that i've taught it maybe recover has different ways that they they want it taught um, but for me, I'm going over technique, I'm going over mm-hmm. uh response time. I'm going over did we recognize the right arrhythmia? did we recognize right. the need for epinephrine? all those things um we talk about you know first off, I always say, what do we do right what 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 went well with that code um to try and help with this very tough procedure mm-hmm. that is often not successful. Um, and never do we talk about the emotions of it. Right. Um, and you know, I've only, I've only been doing the recover instruction for a short period of time. However, the, the, re- the sessions that we're doing, they're on stuffed animals. They're, they're not on mm-hmm. live patients. You know, patients we're, we're, yeah. we're teaching that to go through yeah. the motions of this is what mm-hmm. you need to do. Um, but I, I think, you know, this conversation has has sparked me into to thinking that I I need to part, put some of the the mental well being into this of how you're going to deal with the fact that you lost a patient. I mean, right. for the most part, when we're when I'm teaching CPR, we get them back because that's that's the whole goal of of, right. of the instruction is to get them back. They don't always come back, but but compared to what <laughs> you know what what happens in the field of six mm-hmm. percent survived a hospital discharge, you know it's probably like. 75 to 80% survive the, right. uh, instruction. Um, but, but I, I never talk about the mental aspect of it because it's just not something that, that I've, that I've thought of, but when we're actually doing that, you know, in practice, there is a mental aspect of it. You, you feel terrible. You feel like mm-hmm. you failed. You feel like, why didn't I do this? Why, why didn't I, why didn't I see this sooner? Um, but not even taking into the account, that this was somebody's pet. This was somebody's life, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, Like a lot of, a lot of the pets we see, you know, I I think of like those little old ladies that have these 16 year old Yorkies and 16 year old Chihuahuas that is their life and we lose them. Um, And, and that's, that's devastating to, to take that family part of it. Um, Similar to what's, what, what happened on the field is to, is to put the the technique and the and the going through the motions out of it, and actually thinking about what does this mean in the grand grand scheme of things. Of somebody almost lost their life in front of a national audience. Like, mm-hmm. and and this is also Monday Night Football. It wasn't like mm-hmm. it wasn't yeah. like this was a, a lost one p.m. Yeah. game that nobody was right. watching. It was right. Monday Night Football with millions of viewers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we do need to be better about talking about that in our debriefing. So, you know, that's going to change when I, when I go back and teach out my next recover session is to say, how are you going to deal with this? Yeah. Because it's not, it's going through the motions is great and doing it right is great. Um, but also
0: how how are you going to deal with it? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you bringing up the, you know, more the, if you will, the technical aspect of the debriefing and just the, the gap that, not everybody debriefs even on that part of it. Um, you know, I think right, back right. to to my tu- my time at Tufts, and there was a, you know a couple faculty that, that were big in in the re- writing of Recover and, and the research and and all that went into it. And I think during my time there, now, I, I can I can recall one resident who. Every time I ran a code with him, we debriefed after the fact and, and talked exa- mm-hmm. exactly about what you are saying, like what worked, what didn't work. If this didn't work, why didn't it work? Did we need more people? Did we need to have equipment closer by? Was you know uh, the parts to the IO gun not sterile, or you know just those those kind of the 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 mechanical the machinations of it. Um, but nobody, nobody ever really otherwise did it, Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think you need to have like, there, there has to be somewhere in there like a leader that will say, Hey, let's talk about this. And, mm. and I think that's why, like, you know, I know that's a big part of, um, you know, some of the stuff Kenyagi talks a lot about is that it doesn't always have to be the veterinarian that runs these yeah. codes. And, and in fact, advocates for technicians to do so. And, and it doesn't have to be, the veterinarian or the resident or whoever to to bring up the debriefing. Like we as technicians can also bring up that discussion and say, hey, mm-hmm. what worked? What didn't work? What can we do in the future? Right. Like, um, or shoot, we pulled out the crash box and the atropine was expired or, you know, or whatever right. it may be. But then like you find gaps in your process and you, and you address them. But then that other side to it too, you know, kind of the um, emotional – toll uh, because there is one. And especially if you're doing this regularly and you're putting all of this energy into these patients and you're doing it regularly and the percentages are still really quite low, a lot of them are not surviving or at least not surviving to discharge. um, Mm -hmm. It takes a toll. It really, really does take a toll. And we need to be talking about that too.
1: Yeah. And when, especially if you, like if you were in a busy ER and you're doing three, four or five codes in your shifts. Mm-hmm. I mean, by yeah. the end of the
0: day, like, and that happens, that happens like, that you know, like, why, why, why go back? Right. Yeah. And if you work, like you said, in a busy enough practice, um, you know, that could be a typical Sunday day shift where you do yeah. multiple codes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it, it is going to take a toll at some point. It absolutely mm-hmm. will. It, there's just no way it can't. Well, so. and, and also, you know, just with the low numbers
1: of, of survival rates, you know putting everything into something that that still in the end is not successful is i mean let's just think <laughs> about that being demoralizing of like if i you know if if i was a a, a quarterback for a football team and threw five interceptions a, a week i'd be like what why am i putting max effort into something that mm-hmm. clearly not good at right um and, and not that people aren't good at cpr but that that's the mentality that comes across like we didn't get this one back. What did I do wrong? Um, and, and that's why I try to focus on the debriefs to, to focus on the good things mm-hmm. for as long as I possibly can, because that brings out that, that good feeling of like, well, we were quick to respond. We, we, we gave our injections when we were supposed to give them. Uh, we had good communication, but we still didn't, didn't get the patient back. And then, you know, kind of then going into what could we do better and, you know, once you build them up with with all those good things that they did right, it sometimes it's hard for them to say, I think of anything we did wrong, um, or or could have done better?" Uh, just sometimes we don't get the patient back, and right. and that's just yeah. the the cold yeah. hard facts of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and you know there there are a huge percentage of those that no matter what you do, even if you do everything right, they're just not coming right. back. And that's, you know, that's right. just reality. So, um, but, but again, I think that that just needs to be part of the discussion that, Hey, like, yeah, you know, sure. Yes, we could have done this a little bit better. We could have been a little bit better over here or over there, but that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that's why that patient died either. Um, it may, you right. know, it may just be right. something that it just wasn't going to come back. I mean, I think and we've I'm, all seen I'm too sure the other, other- s- side of it
1: yeah and i'm sure that happens in the human field too of like Mm -hmm. doing cpr on on these these patients that are just not supposed to come back like my my own dad um when i went up to visit him and uh, you know that was 2016 and and my mom had a cpr code on him and i looked at him and when i got there and i hadn't seen him in a few months because i just moved down to north carolina and i saw him in the hospital bed and i'm like dad looks like a skeleton like he 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 looks like he's ready to go and not to get into the whole details of it, but he had had to have surgery for, for his foot. Um, and cause he had like this real gangrenous wound on his, on his foot that wasn't healing. And, you know, the options were let him die in excruciating pain with his gangrenous foot or try surgery. And he never really woke up from surgery. Um, you know, he was, he was on a ventilator for a couple of days. And, uh, when he coded, uh, you know, thankfully I was there because if it was just my mom there, she would not have been able to make that decision. And me, I, I had already made that decision the moment I saw him looking right. at the skeleton. I was like, "This is a man that is not is not having a good time right now." Um, and and sometimes it, it, it they just don't they don't need to come back. Right. Um, and and I, we've all seen that in in some of those patients that are that are you know, so far gone that like the owners just refuse to give up and, and not to say that owners should give up because I, I have been surprised many times of, mm-hmm. of patients where I was like, what are we doing here? Why, why are we still giving this patient fluids and antibiotics when it, it's clearly not improving? Um, but there have been times where you do that and they do get better. Yeah. You know, if they get a couple more months and that's what the owner wants, that's great. That's, I mean, that's, that's what we're here for, right? We're, we're here to, reunite those those pets with their owners and there are going to be those patients that you know we do the code and they just don't make it but you know whether we did did the, did the code or not the the patient wasn't going to make it so there is that part of it mm-hmm. um, but again we we still need to mentally process that, that yeah. that's not something that we can just say well I' right. am supposed to die so next right. patient right, um, right. It, it's it's definitely something we need to To be better about, and um, I encourage all the caffeinators to chime in on on your thoughts on that when we post this because I feel like that's going to be a good discussion uh, amongst the people that that we have.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Kind of shifting gears, um, one thing I – Before we shift gears,
1: we never never did our – Oh, yeah. Saw you taking a sip. Yes. But I'm drinking Gizmo Aztec Gold. Uh, nice. It is an
0: Imperial Chocolate Stout. Oof, cheers. Uh, I just have a uh, Sam Adams Winter Lager. Um, nice. I, lo- I love yeah. Sam's Winter. It's so good. I, I, I actually love all of Sam's Seasonals, and I got mm-hmm. like a, a variety pack because Molly yep. really enjoys them, too. Um, cold and it's, Snap is really good. Cold Snap's really good. Um, mm-hmm. and it's, I'm sure it, you I, love their I, pumpkin. I love, I love their <laughs> fest. Um I love the old Fezzi wig, which I've had a couple of. But it's just—it's a cold, raw kind of windy, yeah, rainy, flooded day here in California. So it just felt like a good day for a winter logger. So I hear you. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next Sorry thing we—yeah, no, 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 no problem. Uh, so <laughs> the next thing we were going to talk about, and and I don't think we need to to spend a whole lot of time on it, but just something we wanted to bring everybody's attention to. If you don't already or aren't already a member of the veterinary anesthesia nerds. Facebook group, I, if, if you do anything with, with anesthesia or anesthesia protocols or, you know, surgeries or what have you, I highly recommend you check it out. A lot of sharing of, of really, really, really incredible uh, information. The admins that run that group, um, Darcy and, and Tasha and Steven, um, are just absolutely amazing um what yeah. they do and and the individuals that they Go are for the knowledge but, yeah and the symposium that they put on and tasha does a Veterinarian and anesthesia nerds podcast that you and i have been on and anyway it's a whole bunch of really really cool stuff but annually they put out a list of their favorite things and the favorite things for 2023 list came out of course being the first of the year um and it's a really cool guide um for all sorts of gadgets. Everything you can think of from laryngoscopes to textbooks um, yeah. to machines, references, all all kinds of stuff. Uh, because, Drugs. Lot, because Drugs there's they like. yeah, yep. Yeah. So there's so many questions in that forum about um, you know, hey, looking at new ventilators, what do you think between this and this? And and mm-hmm. you know, they they do post a lot of those and there's a lot of those kinds of discussions, but it's yeah. it's it's really cool that they actually take the time to kind of vet a lot of this material or these products all, yeah. and, and and kind of compare and contrast and then come up with this really, really, really good resource. Um, so anyway, caffeinators, I just wanted to bring it to your attention in case A, you're not a member of the group or B, if you are and you hadn't seen it yet, check out their favorite things list for 2023. Um, again, it's it's kind of an endless amount of, of different things you wouldn't even necessarily ordinarily think about yeah. that you can find in there. But really 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 cool stuff um that they take the time to um to put that together for
1: yeah for yeah. all of
0: us really so uh, I just wanted to call that out because I think that's always something super cool I, I kind of always forget yeah. that it's gonna come out and then it does yeah and it's yeah. it's always always really cool so in my mind I always thought it was at the end of the year of like like it, it was
1: retrospective of these are the things we love this year but it's actually for the for this year for mm-hmm.
0: 2023 yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I guess I wonder if next... there's a way we can sh- can we share that? Is that shareable? You um, think? Would I, we have will to, have. Would they have? We to, will. We will have to look. Um, yeah, they they may have to go to the to their to their page to actually yeah. to share it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it definitely go to the uh, the veterinary anesthesia nerds um, Facebook group. Uh, if you just use the search function and search, you know, favorite things, um, it should probably be the first thing that comes it's, up, and you can actually right, look. It's at, right at the top. Yeah, it's right at look, the top you, of the page. You right can now. even see past years and, and other things too. So definitely check that out if uh, if you do anything at all related to surgery or anesthesia, or if you're looking for new equipment, resources, or yeah, resources, different tools to buy, um, you know, all those kinds of things. Uh, and then I guess next and and maybe lastly, um, which really we weren't even planning on talking about today, but just kind of well, came out today. Came out today and started circulating online was, um, basically, this statement from the AVMA about the um, the so-called mid-level practitioner role, um, and and basically that that their position is that it's not the right time for it. There's not the right infrastructure right. there are other things we need to focus on. What did you think about when you read that? Uh, I didn't, I didn't, I just saw it
1: like literally like 15 minutes before <laughs> so I was able to just, just skim it. Um, and you know, it, it, the, the top, the topic of the article, and this is by a uh, Melinda Larkin, um, that says idea of mid-level practitioner rejected in favor of better support engagement of credentialed veterinary technicians, which, I, I mean, I, I can't think of a better outcome of this entire discussion, is, is to lift up credentialed veterinary veterinary technicians yeah. as opposed to circumventing that and either stealing from the from the pool of veterinary technicians or, uh, you know, it was, it was suggested to, uh, take somebody that just has a science degree and put them into this role, which, right, right, wow, that sounds and, so terrible.
0: And and we've said on this program before that, you know, veterinarians have a, a huge hand in our profession and, and what realistically, yeah. whatever we want done, not just on this topic, but on so many others, we need the help of the veterinarians. And it was really great to see uh, multiple veterinarians from multiple states talking about laws yeah. in their state and and that, you know, the... The discussion that in some states there still isn't a requirement to become a credential technician and that these veterinarians knew these things about their particular states and that they saw where the gaps were and that creating this position, you know, if there are already difficulties in that area of, you know, in one state, they talked about we're already having a hard time getting veterinarians to come to these rural areas right. If we can't get a veterinarian to come there, why do we think we would get a mid-level practitioner to come there? And, and so just some really, really practical and, um, you know, timely things that we have been saying by and large. Um, and yeah, there's, so we shared it, uh, I shared it to our page, um, recently, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely check it out. Um, and, and you know, again, uh, I know we have many veterinarian caffeinators um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you know actually one thing I, I mentioned to you that uh, we didn't um, really talk about bringing up on this episode, but after our last tap room, the one on Christmas day with with Stephen and Liz, uh, a friend of mine um, who's a criticalist uh, messaged me and and because we were talking a lot about you know veterinarians yeah. and and you know in, in a lot of ways that you know, in a lot of ways, because they have such a huge hand in our profession, they're sometimes the roadblock. And, and we've talked about a, a number of times yeah. how we are ultimately, like I said, we're going to need their help. And he kind of brought up the point that, you know, he was actually kind of hurt by some of that discussion because, yeah. you know, especially now in corporate veterinary medicine 2023, the veterinarians don't really have
1: that much That's control
0: true. in some of these large corporations. It's actually the venture capitalists um, mm-hmm. that, that get to make some of these decisions. But I think yeah. for me, when I say, you know, we need the help of the veterinarians or things are on the veterinarians. I definitely mean on the legislative side and those that are elected officials mm-hmm. within the AVMA or the state veterinary medical boards, um, or the state veterinary medical associations. That's really where I think a lot of this help is, is going to have to come from. It is, recognizing the needs and, and I encourage any veterinarian to listen, um, to, if you kind of think like we do and, and you are, you know, understanding of the, the need of good credential technicians and the role that we play and, and really want to see us succeed. I, I think you need to talk to your veterinarian colleagues on the legislative side, both at the AVMA, the state VMA level. And because that's, that's, that's where your voice can be heard. And that's mm-hmm. how you are going to help us move forward, frankly. And, um, and I, so, I, mean, yeah. I
1: think there, there are, there are times where I, I think, you know, you and I do this and I, I think our profession at large does this is we kind of lump all veterinarians together mm-hmm. and say, the, this is like, like you said, this is our roadblock. You when, are the it's problem. problem. Not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, exactly. it's definitely not. And, and we probably should be, you know, yeah. tampering. Define that. that
0: to, yeah, define that a little bit better. Yeah, and, and that's that's what I mean. I I don't think, really. I can't think of any veterinarian in my career that I've worked with that I've looked at as a roadblock. I just mean that veterinarians. Exactly. You yeah. know, when it comes to, you know, um, uh, it's like, the
1: veterinarians that are making the rules and, and setting the laws and all right, that stuff. Right. Right. It, it is that
0: that, that, that uh, approve the veterinary technician schools and mm-hmm. you know uh, approve you know what. Credential veterinary technicians can do in a given state or all of these things. It's, it's more those on the legislative side, maybe right. not necessarily those that are, you know, the hundred veterinarians that are graduating from, you know, all the vet programs across the country, but those that are mm-hmm. more in the legislative arena and, and working on some of those things. So those are the veterinarians yeah. I call out for, for really needing the help and, and under, you know, getting a better understanding of where we're at.
1: Yeah, and, and as as you mentioned that, you know, I'm trying to think back to my career and getting a little a little bit disappointed at how many veterinarians that I've actually worked with, because um, the the number is pretty high now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I work relief now, so that 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 number gets really skewed um, yeah. as you work relief. Um, but just thinking back to all the veterinarians I work with, I I'm having a hard time thinking of somebody that that I would say this person is not very. Technician friendly or not really, uh, or or is that roadblock that you mentioned? I I can't really think of anyone that 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 falls into that category. I I think by and large in my career, most of the veterinarians that I've worked with are 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 very pro technician and Mm -hmm. realize that without us, they don't they don't have a successful career. Um, So you know that. We we do need to be better about not lumping yeah. veterinarians yeah. all
0: into one basket. Absolutely, that, and, and not that, and, to them. Yeah, and that's that's on on you and I. And I I told him I was grateful that he mm-hmm. called that out to me because yeah. you know that that was not my intent, and it's not my intent when we have those those discussions. Um, yeah, I just mean to call out you know veterinarian, you know like the the camel in the tent mm-hmm. situation yeah. that we had several months ago that. Um, that those are, that there are a, there are those veterinarians out there, but there are veterinarians in every state that make rules and laws and all of that, that affect us as veterinary technicians. And and that's, you know, that's more who I'm looking at, but Mm -hmm. I also do want to call out veterinarians at large and say, if you disagree with what they're doing, like be active in that process and talk to those people as a veterinarian, because, as we have said <laughs> time and yeah. time and time again and just said, like, we need the help of the veterinarians to get our profession to where we want it to go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, one thing else, too, that was kind of interesting in that article was the the quote or, or the comment, and, and I won't quote it specifically, Caffeinators, you can read it, but by NA- um, NAFTA President Ashley Selke, who yeah. we had on our, yeah. our um, podcast previously, um, and she talked a little bit about the results of the NAFTA survey. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. and how how this was basically number 7 or you know 7 or 8 out of 8 things that they they surveyed mm-hmm. about it and that the focus was on you know the other topics that basically the AVMA talked about um but the other thing that i wanted to mention to kind of tie that in is if you are a NAVTA member um oh, yeah. i i got an email today I did too. Uh, that the general membership meeting is january 24th at 7 p.m. There's a link in that email that you can write in questions I've already submitted to um, and have your questions and concerns heard and discussed, uh, hopefully, during that meeting. Um, I would encourage you, I I, I will leave it to to everybody individually to decide whether they want to be an AFTA member, continue their membership, all of that. But I want to encourage anybody that is a member to show up to the meeting to write in any questions or concerns that you have. Um, it's, it's unfortunately a meeting that's only open to those that are members and you have to register for it, but I yeah. highly, highly encourage you to, to register, to attend. And if you have questions or concerns, submit them via the link. Um, cause that's the only way, you know, we're, yeah. we're going to be heard. So, and, and also not, not that we are, um, you know, Trying to
1: recruit members to NAFTA, but if you're unhappy with what's going on in NAFTA, the only way to make a change is to be a member. So, right, you can you can only make change from the inside. If you're on the outside, you're not going to be able to make any change. Right, it's true. Um, it, it's, it, you're you're just talking to a wall. Yeah. Um,
0: so the only way to make change is to be involved. Right. Absolutely. And. Um, you know, yeah, I, I, I completely understand why maybe people have let their membership run out or let it lapse and, and have not renewed I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I for sure. I for sure do. And I let mine lapse for a few years and and then I finally, you know, kind of said to myself, um, number one, I was in a job that reimbursed for dues, so like I didn't have yeah. that to worry about anymore. But it was like, hey, if I want to have my voice heard and um you know, now doing this podcast, if we want to talk talk to I'm yeah. president every year and, and kind of have some of these discussions, then I need to be involved too. And, um, yeah. Yeah. so, so here we are. But again, I, I would encourage you if you are a member, ask your questions, attend, if you can, uh, make sure you register and, and kind of let them know that's what like you think. It's like a Tuesday so, night, right? So that's, uh, it's the 24th. So yeah, Tuesday night, I think two, that's weeks, a Tuesday. two yeah. weeks from tonight. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I will definitely be logged on for that. So yeah, I will, I will as well. It's already in my, in yeah. my calendar. Yeah. So, um, what else, Dave? I feel like we've covered a lot of ground, but I think that... We have covered a lot, yeah. That might just be about it. I don't know. What yeah. do you think?
1: Uh, well, we've got some good episodes coming up. Um, we're yeah. going to continue our international series. Yes. Um, and then someone else that reached out to us maybe a year or so ago that we mm-hmm. kind of um, kind of put on the back burner and now... Um, yeah, we had a bunch of other stuff that that's, to... That's con- to yeah. get through.
0: And, and so it'd be a great episode oh, to, to circle back with. We, huh?
1: we were going to mention our trip in this, in this.
0: Yes, actually. Great, great call. I'm glad you, uh, glad yeah. you remembered that. So caffeinators, yeah. uh, especially Arizona caffeinators, um, Dave and I, you know, generally we see each other at IVEX every year, although I wasn't there this past year, but, um, and then I will virtually, be, <laughs> uh, yeah, I will be this year. And of course, yeah, we meet all the time virtually, but we're going to try to get together once a year for, you know, an annual business meeting. We're basically going to meet somewhere in the middle of us because we're, we're on opposite coasts. And this year we're (laughs) going to, yeah, this year we're going to take in some spring training baseball in Arizona. Um, So we will both be in the Phoenix area, uh, March 19th through 22nd. Um, we're going to take in a couple of spring training games, um, hit up a couple of breweries. We're going to do probably a live or a tap room or something there. Um, and I know, you know, I think it it would be really cool, um, especially with all the work that the board has done for the Arizona vet tech association. If we could, uh, you know, wrangle one or two of them to meet up somewhere and, and maybe even, you know, talk about it live or something like that. Um, so Arizona caffeinators, um, we are headed your way in mid March. Um, you know, we'll kind of post some more details of where we are or where we will be as as things get closer. Uh, but we would love to yeah. to run into a couple of you, you know, for a brewery or, or a ball game or something like that. Um, so if you see us out there, definitely say hi. And we'll again, we'll have a lot more about that as it gets a little bit closer. Yeah. Yeah.
1: we, we our, our flights are booked and all that stuff, but we yeah. haven't like planned yeah. Other than the fact we're gonna to go to baseball games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, for somebody sure. actually asked on I forget where they asked. They asked if if we were gonna be at VMX, and we're not gonna be at VMX. Mm-hmm. But I am going to be potentially um, at Fetch in Charlotte in. Shoot, when is that? March? I think it's in March. Um, yes, it's 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 late late March. Um, with with my business action vet tech services, so we're we're probably gonna be at Fetch. So i'll be there i I probably won't be (laughs) available to go out and drink a beer because i'm not not sure how we're actually long we're there if it's a a one day or two day i I honestly don't know but it's in charlotte so that's like two hours for me so um we're probably going to go have a booth um not the not the podcast but my my Mm -hmm. business will have a booth there um if that's going to happen i'll I'll post that i'm going to be there so people can Come say hi and force me to take a picture with them. Uh,
0: absolutely, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, um, of course, you know, a little further off, we'll both be, you know, or at least planning to be at IVEX uh, in Denver in September. Yep. Um, And then I will be, uh, I believe, at the Delaware Veterinary Medical Association meeting in November. Um, And you know, maybe some more stuff pops up kind of along the yeah. way. We'll keep everybody posted on that. I'm going to be um, in New
1: Hampshire. I'm going to be in New Hampshire in April. Yeah, to do a. a to do a conference. Um, so we're, we're around. We're, we'll yeah. be around. Yeah, for sure. We should, so, we should post our, our schedules a little bit more Yeah, uh, frequently now that we're, we're doing a little bit more traveling.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Caffeinators, wherever we are, if we are ever where you are, we would love to uh, to say hi and, uh, you know, take a picture with you and, um, you know, Hopefully just have, a, have a chat. Have a beer, have a <laughs> chat and let us know, you know who you are and what you're doing. And we'd love to hear all that. So yeah. um, with that, I guess, I guess we're about done. Yeah, Dave. Yeah. That's all I had for today. Yeah. Same for me. So caffeinators, uh, you guys take care. Um, I, I just want to give a shout out to all the California caffeinators. Um, we're, we're, we've been inundated with rain the last couple of weeks. It's a lot of flooding, a lot of, uh, um, just a lot of, Disaster in California right now. Thankfully, we've been largely spared in Southern California. But California caffeinators, I'm thinking of you guys and uh, hope you guys are staying dry and on high ground. (laughs) All right, everybody. Bye. Bye.